the Cracker Rugby Podcast. It's the last podcast of 2017. It's the one prior to the Leinster game in the RDS on Monday, on Bank Holiday Monday, New Year's Day. I've got William Davis on the line. Good evening, Alan. And it's going to be a, a, a short one from us today because we've got a, a pretty comprehensive interview with you did with Nigel uh, earlier on today. But before we get to that, I'm just going to quickly run through the, the injury list that came out today as well. Um, and it's, it's nice and short, thankfully. So in the, the prop front... Dennis, we know Dennis Buckley sustained an injury against Breve and he's going to be out of action for a number of weeks. It'd be nice if that had a little bit more time on it, but a number of weeks is what we've got. Dominic Robertson, McCoy and JP Cooney are still out till the end of January and April, uh, respectively. Locke, Andrew Brown, still recovering from his Achilles, but should be back in early January. So should uh, out-half Steve Crosby, um, who's still recovering from his knee injury. Owen McKeown is also due back, but that's closer to the end of January. Um, and Jay Keenan still reco- still in his recovery, uh, but again, we probably won't see him until the end of the season if we're lucky. And the last forward we need to talk about is Sean O'Brien, who's well on his way to recovery, and they're expecting to be training by the middle of the w- middle of January, which is good news. Then in the back three, the last two names we have to worry about uh, who have injuries are Rory Scholes, who's still getting uh, recovery from his surgery earlier on in. 2017 so we should be back soon and Cormac Brennan is due back in February so thankfully nothing majorly new there William No it's it's pretty short list compared to this time last year uh, when it was um, two pages long and, and sort of growing uh, almost uh, weekly um, yeah they're in, a good, they're in a good place they've got plenty of people to pick from um, possibly a little bit short at, uh, at 10 Jack Carrot he's been doing very well but Players have to be rotated in and out, and um, potentially Craig Ronaldson uh, is training at 10 at the moment, with a view probably to, to being available in that role at some stage fairly soon. Right, and you, you got that from your, your decent chat with Nigel today, so, so give us a couple of highlights before we hear the, the full interview. Yeah, Nigel Carolyn, who's obviously changed roles in Connacht um, this year, he's, he's left the academy and he's now the back coach. And um, we just talked about, we, we look back at Ulster, we look forward to Leinster, and we also have a discussion about how uh, things have been set up under uh, Kieran Kane since he arrived in August and the changes that have happened throughout the, the structure of the coaching setup and how the players have reacted to that. It's, uh, it's always good to sit down, I suppose, this time of the year. It's a time when people and organisations do reviews. So I looked on it as that, and uh, here's what Nigel had to say. Nigel Carolyn joining me here to uh, have a little look back at last Saturday night's game against uh, Ulster. Uh, great win for Connacht, great night here at the Sports Code, and next Monday, New Year's Day's match at uh, the RDS against Leinster. Nigel, you're welcome along. Yeah, it's great to be here, thanks. That Ulster performance really seemed to uh, light up the whole place. And I'm not just talking about the, f- the, the spectators and the fans. It seemed to, to resonate with uh, the players and the management of the whole organisation. Was, was that something you were, you were waiting on? It was almost like somebody you just needed to flick the switch. And once, once the lights came on, it was full steam ahead. Yeah, I... I, I... I won't say it's been a, a, a massive surprise. Um, it's I think it's something that's been building. Um, you know, I thought we saw it in the 
the end of the last block that we played and and particularly at home I think we're you know the record shows that we've um you know I don't know whether we perform better or we seem to get the results at home certainly and you know once we when we got our feet once we got the season going um you know we've we've beaten the cheetahs here we beat Munster here um then you beat uh, Breve at home and then it's 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 Ulster and you know I, I think what can't be underestimated is actually the the strength of the the home support um I mean you go to, to various stadiums you know in Wales and Scotland and even England and France but there's actually very few places that actually compare to the atmosphere that you get at the sports ground and you know it's not the most picturesque uh, of facilities but it's it's so intimidating for the opposition um I mean the you know how condensed the the crowd are on both sides of the pitch it's it just generates so much noise and it's it's really the lift um and i said it's it's probably a bit cliche at this stage but when you're in the middle of the pitch and i've been doing the water for the last the last few games uh, that it's it's incredible when you're out there and you hear the noise you know both sides it really lifts our our, our guys and uh, and our fellas thankfully they they rise to the occasion and it's you know it's it's one factor it's not the only factor and it's not something that we rely on because obviously we need to perform when we're when we're away from home as well but it's um as i said i think the ulster game was again the preparation was good um we're on the back of two wins uh, one away to to breathe and and the the other one at home which was i suppose reasonably comprehensive but i think one thing that we always speak about is is trying not to get complacent and um you know so for that you know well it it might be easy to say i think it's just about that there's a standard in training there's a standard of preparation there's a standard in how the guys recover there's a standard in the amount of work that they need to do off the field you know in in terms of knowledge of their opposing player the opposition the opposition threats um whatever plan that we have for that particular game uh, and knowing their role and, and ensuring that they're able to perform that role to the best of their ability um, in the heat of the battle and I think that's just the challenge of a professional rugby player and um, and, and that's sort of the the standards that we're we're driving uh, and the players are driving essentially and uh, it's so I think when to answer your question in a pretty long-winded way but it's no real surprise then when the lads can produce a performance because it's in the preparation um, and that's what we expect it, and you know when KK said it's a head-scratcher sometimes when you know, when when we don't win games, particularly the the ones that we, we had away from home, it's a head scratcher because the preparation has been as good. And um, as it sometimes things don't click for you, yeah, we don't we can't and we and we don't rely on the fact that we, you know we don't have the home support. It's um, it's, it's not. But in terms of preparation, that's the same. And as the travel, we travel really well. The lads are very well looked after. Um, you know, the, the training is monitored you know to the to the second during the week and and even the intensity of training is you know so that we got to hit certain measures in the week that like the science behind how the, the last prepare now is is extremely professional it's um you know it's it's getting better every single year um so but you know when when the lads take to the pitch obviously against a one of the interpro sides that there is a certain there's a special feeling about that as well i mean there's you know, there's, there's, you got your bragging rights. You got international rivalry. You're going to be up against one of the your international competitors for, for, um, you know, in terms of your position. So it always adds a little bit of spice to it. And I suppose when you factor in a, you know, a festive crowd and um, and on the back of two wins, I think everything just seemed to come together. And 
Yeah, well, we we you know we I think the scoreline reflected a comprehensive performance. But again, in our review, we you know for us it wasn't a perfect game. There was a lot of areas that you know could have been better. I think we left a lot of opportunities behind us. I think there was a lot of things that didn't work actually particularly well for us. But it's a sign of a team that's growing. Um, we're constantly learning. We're constantly trying to get better, and I think that's all that we can ask for. And uh, when you st- the thing that struck me watching the game again was it started at such a speed, and the accuracy was there from the beginning, and it was almost Ulster looked a bit shell shocked, really, because I don't think they probably they probably expected something, but I'm not sure that they fully expected that. But Connick seemed to to gain from that. Their confidence, the players' confidence, seemed to hit a very high level very early on, and and they never stepped off that. They just kept doing and trying things, but not for the sake of it. Trying them in the right positions at the right time. I know, it, as you say, it didn't. Everything wasn't perfect, but there did seem to be a real belief there. Almost, I thought the first, it was the best twenty. The first twenty minutes is the best twenty minutes I've seen this season. Yeah, I think there definitely there was um, there was a real intensity to how we started the game, and um, uh, you know we received the kickoff, so we had possession early. We were into a slight breeze, but that's never seemed to be a, a disadvantage. It wasn't that strong, but um, again, guys nailed their roles, and um, you know, in fairness, they're invited to dip their toe into um, you know to play and see how they go before they need to necessarily kick the ball away. So it's um, it's a kind of a nice little game plan where you know players are encouraged to to play be ambitious but then recognize when you know maybe plan a isn't working that there's always a plan b or maybe even a plan c and we went into the game you know with a very simple game plan and and really it was just to be direct and i think that was quite obvious by how we played but um through our analysis and uh, we knew that our forward pack would would really take it through them and, you know, if they could provide the platform, our, our backs then could cut loose. And, and that's what seemed to happen in the first 10 minutes. But every opportunity, every, you know, every player, it was like a cog in the wheel. Everybody did their job and, and, and there was real cohesion in the side. It wasn't that any one player stood out for doing any one thing, but every player was seemed to be on song. Every player was able to um, contribute in a real positive way and said, you, you know, we ratcheted up two scores really quickly and, and, and I suppose rugby is a game where it's, it's very funny but once a team gets on top you know it can be hard to take them off that pedestal again something really drastically needs to change and sometimes that's when you, you make a, a big number of changes or there's a, an injury to one of your major players but but that momentum kept building and every other chance that we got we took and you know bar maybe one before half time where we could have we probably should have got another try um, and probably been out of sight. Yeah, but we went in in a, in a really good space, um, only gifting, um, I suppose, Ulster those two penalties. But, uh, yeah, just momentum is, is great. When you start really well, everyone kind of buys in. Their their back is up and they're, you know, they're fighting. They're working hard, really, for each other. And, and mm-hmm. that's that's what was evident. You alluded to the fact there that you've been... Uh doing water running for the last for the last couple of weeks. How is there a reason for that? As in normally coaches want an overview from the, the coaches box here they've got a you know they've got a fantastic view of the game. So what do you see that's different at ground level? It's it's just to get the experience from the from players' point of view and yeah we've got eyes in the sky and I, I think um it's nice to have that 
you know, just the, the coach on the ground or one of the coaches on the ground as well. It, it gives them a bit of perspective. It's not necessary to give messages, but just basically to listen to what they're saying. Are they, you know, are they composed? Are they, you know, are they talking about the next player or where they see the opportunity? Or if there's been uh, a breach, you know, are they addressing it? Or do they know how to fix it? Um, so that the information isn't always coming from above. Sometimes the information has been fed back up and look at they're on that, you know. But if someone can see anything different, it's just to have that that voice of uh, of reason or a little bit of experience on the ground. And, and to be honest, I'm, I'm quite enjoying it at the moment because, it's, um, you know, you just get to see what the players are experiencing and there's a really good vibe down there. And the fact that you're running on and off, you've, you've less chance to be, um, you know, to be, you know, you don't have that anxiety that you would have up in the box where you see things happening before they do. Um, and, you know, you're trying to maybe get that message on. You can see it about a half the world on the ground. You're running on, you're running off. You're, you know, you're interacting with the players and it's... Um, you know, it's uh, it's it's interesting. And you've got three thousand people a few feet behind you, shouting and roaring as well. Yeah, it's which not too much for my my hearing, but it's uh, yeah, but it's it's great. It's great atmosphere even on the sideline. Looking forward to to Leinster now. The, the, there's three interprovincials in in this run, which is a new thing. It's the first time, I think, in you know, they're trying to fit these games in. How much of a challenge is that? I know you'd have to play another match on the 6th of January. There would be another Pro 14 game. It might be, I don't know, Zebra here or the Dragons. or But Interpro still have that, there's a bite down on them. So how, how, how have you gone about setting up for that uh, in, the first, in the first season that it's happened? Yeah, it's, it, I suppose having two European games and three Interpros and then we go back into you know another two European games. But we're seeing this as a trilogy and um, you know, and for us it's going to be really important that we can back up that performance that we had last week. It's, it can't be just parked up in the shelf and, and give ourselves a pat on the back. Um, you know, I don't know if we've actually gone up to Leinster and won um, in the RDS, so it's... Uh, it, it certainly, I can't remember the last time that's happened, if it's happened. So it's, um, you know, it's a massive opportunity for us with a team that's um, really bursting with confidence. So, you know, so we're going to travel, uh, bringing that confidence with us. And hopefully, I said, we can start the same way we did the Ulster game. But yet, it's not that we see them all as a package, the, the three games. I mean, obviously, there's a, there's a slightly different focus um, going into this game than there was with, with Ulster. Um, you know, we know that the following week we're going to have to maybe, um, with the short turnaround, we're going to have to look at you know the player group we have and look at the options. And um, certain players aren't going to be able to to uh, maintain that level of intensity over those three games. So that's going to be um, you know a, a selection strategy. Um, you know, for us, um, particularly when we get to next week. And is that a uh, that's a good challenge for the players, though, especially the guys that mightn't be. Getting a start in the first two games, they they need to be, they need to be ready for Munster. But they also need, they, it, it's sort of they have to buy in, and, and that seems to be what's happening now. That the maybe the the newer system is starting to bring everybody in. Mm. Yeah, I mean players have been rotated. We've rotated our back row players um, pretty effectively, you know, to date. Um, you know, our scrum halves have been rotated. Um, you know, everyone's everyone's getting a chance, or everyone has got a chance. You know, in the, in the early parts of the of, of the season, and that's why, you know, the standards that we have in training and the challenges that are put to the players in training. You know, to know their roles and uh, and 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 to prepare as if they were playing, even if they're guys on the on the fringe, because the time will come, and you know, and it's going to be asked of them, and you know, and it's expected that they they can deliver. 
Um, but that's it's just the joys of, of professional rugby. And not every player can play every game, so it needs to be managed. And players, you know, if, if they're the the next, you know, cab off the rank, they need to be ready for when their chance comes up and make sure they capitalise on it. Having won the first game, is, is, is the Leinster game in some ways a, slightly a free hit for Connacht? That they can they can go at the game now. They've had a you've had a win, you've won and it's only one home game. Can you approach it in that way or do you have to take on board the fact that as you say the record of the RDS is, is not great and winning in Dublin? Or, do, or is that irrelevant? Is it is it just go go out and try to do this replicate the same thing? Yeah, I think um the games that we have won, I mean, you know, even if it was brave away, you you gotta you, you got to perform, you got to tear into them, you got to, you know, you, you can't afford to, to start poorly or you can't afford just to, to take your foot off the pedal or you're going to get punished regardless of the opposition. So, but no, I mean, I think we've got players who are fresh, the guys, you know, we've had a, uh, we're very fortunate the way the fixtures land, we had an eight day turnaround into this game. So the, the lads had a couple of days off over Christmas, so they're fresh, you know, and they're, they're re-energised again and, and the fact that we've just come off the back of a win I mean guys won't want to not play this game so I think uh, they're going to really go after it um, it's a game that we're going to target it's a game that it's it's a big uh, it's got a bullseye on it and it's going to be a big coup for us if we can uh, if we can perform to the same way we, we did and, and we know if that we do perform we can win so I think it's a uh, it's a big carrot. It's a massive, massive incentive for us to, um, again, to prepare the same way and make sure that we go up with the confidence knowing that we can win if we perform. Uh, looking at the injury list, which is, by the standards of what we were dealing with this time last year, is, is very, very... Uh, it's in very good shape. There's always going to be some uh, chaps injured. Uh, Steve Crosby at fly half, not available. So might we see Craig Ronaldson possibly coming into the picture there or um yeah Craig has been uh, maybe a little bit unfortunate this year he's been over the last few years he's been uh, a regular either a 10 or 12 and um it shows just how competitive it is at the moment in our side and um you know Jack Carthy is he's after having a couple of real man of the match performances over his last three or four games and it's it's kind of really hard to knock him off his pedestal he's his goal kicking is on song he's he's breaking the line, he's putting guys into space, you know, his tactical kicking has been good, his defence has been really strong, so he's um he's really is flying high. Uh with the injury to Stevie, um yeah, it, it's it's opened up uh, maybe the door to Craig. So we did we had a chat with Craig a couple of weeks ago. So he's been training at at ten and uh and look I mean, we don't uh don't expect Jack to, to back up every game. So I said at some stage, you know, I'm sure the opportunity will come up for Craig. And looking at Leinster's performance against Munster, which they went off at a rate of knots, then seemed to lose maybe a little bit of concentration, and Munster did what Munster do. They dug themselves back in again. Um, but they have... Is, is it difficult to analyse them? Because they have such an available number of players that you, you, you maybe don't know who they're going to pick. Or do, or do you just look at the overall Leinster method rather than individuals? Yeah, I mean the fact that they rotate and their players so often, but they they still play to the same systems, um, both in attack and defence. A very aggressive defence, um, and they can be extremely direct in attack. Um, you know, and they have the ability to 
to maintain possession for a really extended periods of time. Um, so they can really wear you down if, if they're allowed to do that. So regardless of who's playing, it seems to be the, that's the, the length away and that's what we've sort of pre- pre- prepared for. Um, it, there's no doubt that they've got two short turnarounds that they're going to um, rotate their squad. So uh, it's very much the systems what we prepare for rather than what players necessarily are playing. And once the team you know, get selected later on in the week, then the lads then will do their due diligence then on their, their opposite number and, you know, identify sort of any um, any of the threats or potential opportunities in, in their own positions. And would this be maybe the most confident that Connacht would have been going to the RDS in recent years, bearing in mind where they've come from, particularly the, the last three the last three wins? Yeah, I, I I can't speak for previous years, but I can only speak for the lads are in a really good space. They're um, you know they, they know that they're not playing perfectly, but they know that they're playing well together. I and mean, it's the strength of the team that's uh, is really the um, is is what's uh, is what's working really well. It's not that there's any one player, but as I said that every player you know they they know their space. They're comfortable with each other. They've they're more comfortable playing this style. Um, and they're enjoying it, and and it's sort of the way they play. They they're scoring tries from you know from from deep now as well, from counter attack, from malls. It's very it's so varied, and it's a little bit unpredictable. Where it's um, you know we've we've the ability to score from you know many different sources. So it's it makes us a dangerous team, you know, on our day. Now you took on a new role um, at the start of the season here in September, and it was a complete change of coaching ticket. Um, and I think, I think fans and maybe the media were a little bit caught on the hop that it it, it does take time for that to bed in. They, there's almost an assumption that right, new season starts, everything's going to be fine and dandy, and it's all going to just roll forward. But there was a lot of changes, and there was a lot of there's been some changes in emphasis on the way Connacht are trying to play their rugby. Yeah, I think. Um you know, maybe the middle, uh, halfway through the, the the season last year, and you know, with the departure of of the head coach or the announcement of the departure of the head coach, it, um, you know, it it sort of it changed the focus of the of the season, and I I can't account for it really, but you know, when you judge the, you know, how the the team performed, it it they sort of dipped, they dipped in form, they didn't have the same, um, you know, the way they finished. The year before, when they they run won the Pro Twelve, um, you know the the same kind of intensity wasn't there, the same accuracy wasn't there. They didn't get the results that they'd hoped that they would, and um, so then you know when 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 the rugby board here went in search of um, a new coach and possibly a new coaching team, I think it's um, you know the one thing that's there is is the same player group and the same player group who, who weren't in a in a brilliant space, the same player group who. You know, had been used to maybe losing in the latter half of last season, and I think when you um, when there's a change at the guard, yeah, I think there's certainly the players responded extremely well to it. Um, yeah, there's a different focus and emphasis in how the lads train and how they play, and there's it's it very is player driven and um, and it's very um, the game that we play is very outcome based, which means that the players have you know. Um, a big sort of toolbox and of of uh, options to select from, and it's up to them to select the ones that they feel are appropriate. And um, the massive growth and learning is is probably you know you learn from selecting the wrong ones. 
uh, and learn which ones not to select as opposed to the ones which you do select. Um, but that takes time to figure that out. There isn't a magic formula for it, but the players were extremely enthusiastic. Um, they knew it was a different, um, a different way of doing things, but bought in from the start. And yeah, I could understand that there was frustration from, um, you know, outside of the, outside of the gate here when people are looking in and what's happening and there's a change and expect it just to bounce immediately. Um, but I think inside here we were never we never ran away with ourselves. We knew it was going to take time to bet in. Um, I still don't believe that we're we're there yet. I believe we're we're on the right road. I think the players believe that they're on the right road. Um, there's still. Um, you know, a lot more ambition to the to the group. They they want to perform the standards that they set for themselves are extremely high, uh, both in in training and in games, and in everything that they do. So it's um, so I think there's the potential for for further growth is 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 still huge, and it's you know even with um within the the current playing group again there's a confidence back they're playing with a pep in their step, and um, it's about tapping into that and and, and building on it. Obviously, results lead to, to confidence and, and performances as well. But is, is there also a necessity to the confidence comes the more they understand the changes in the system, um, the more they can enjoy it, that it becomes a, a sort of a natural thing. They, they do it naturally. They don't have to think about it. They just, this is, they, they're in a position and they just do what's con- now, now the right thing. And that sometimes is there a... Um, that a player can almost, when they're getting used to new system like that, they almost freeze a little bit. They're, there's a, they're, they're almost there's too much expectancy, and once they get used to it, then they can go forward. Yeah, I think the the psychologists would call that unconscious competence, um, where you start doing things and uh, they're working, and you're because it just becomes natural. And um, there is a process where when you start and players are making mistakes and they're. You know, I suppose you, if you want to call that incompetence, but they're conscious that they're making mistakes, and it's uh, it's about working through that process and working through the list of options, and 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 I said learning from that. But yeah, I think the the more that they're learning, the more natural that it becomes, and then the more that they enjoy it, uh, and the fact that they're they have now a freedom and it is a bit more natural, and they do enjoy it. That's confidence in what they do, um, and they can. It's starting to bear fruit. They're scoring tries. Um, you know they're creating massive opportunities, so that's where the confidence comes from. Is and and they work very hard, and they work very hard for each other. Even if you look at you know Tiernan Halloran sprinted, you know seventy meters back to save a try. Ulton Delan sprinted a hundred meters just to, um, to get an offload for for the last try of the game. And that's a that's a very hard working team. That's a team who, um, who really care about the team that they play for. That's a team who, who care about where they're from. It's a team who care about their fans. That's a team who, who care about, um, you know, the the team that they play for in the part of the country that they're in, and uh, and that's part of the culture that we have. I said it's there's great belief, there's great ambition, and I said it's you know, and they work they they work very hard for each other, and and uh, and and that makes for a, a nice place to work. And does KK set? very very high standards on all that you've just gone through there is is that sort of where he, is he getting now to where he wanted wants to be for, for, that, that he had to bed in as well and he had to bring the standards and, and get them into position 
Absolutely. And um, yeah, I think when you come from a team like the, the Chiefs and, you know, you've got um, basically a team of rock stars, it's, uh, you know, from a coach's point of view, it's not that you need to do less, but the, the uptake on on ideas and, and implication or the application of, of ideas maybe can be, can be easier. And there's a use to a, a certain, um, a, a, you know, philosophy of how the game is played, where when you change the philosophy and you, you know, and, and I said sometimes you scratch your head, why don't they get it? That's where the coaching is, you know, and it's about, you know, guiding the players through the, the options and reviewing them and tweaking them, adjusting them, trying them again. Um, but... You can start to see it bearing fruit, and that's where KK is at. I think he's, um, you know, he, he's extremely passionate. Um, he's he wants the players to do well. He he, you know, he demands a a standard. And I said it's it's not that he he cracks a whip. It's just the environment that he creates creates is that players want to work hard. They want to improve. Um, you know, it, it takes time, and I think you know it, that's where I suppose as a coach and as a fan and as a player. You know, patience is very important because knowing that you're working really hard and it's not working, you've got to work through it. You've just got to find a way. But it takes time. And uh, I think he's a lot more comfortable knowing that we're on the road. We're on the road to where he'd like to take us as a as a head coach. And the vision that he, he sold the lads uh, when he came in here was, you know, get, taking them from a, a good team to a great team. He believes he's he's on that road. And I think he's he's more comfortable in his own skin knowing that um, we're working towards that. Um, it's whether we'll ever reach it. Um, you know, I think it's all. You know, like any vision, you always constantly have to strive to be better and be better and and go after it. So, uh, whether we ever reach it, it's uh, it's another thing. But I think we're we're constantly striving for it. And and uh, every day, I think individually and collectively, you can see gains being made. Nigel, thank you very much for your time. Good to talk to you, and we we look forward to. Uh, Staying on the journey with Connacht, which starts again next Monday, first day of 2018. Great. Okay, that's um, that's really fascinating stuff there from Nigel. Um, really, really good to to hear him chatting so positively, and and I loved a bit about the crowd and and you know the fact that you know when he ran out when he runs out as a water boy, the the, the wall of sound that he gets from both sides. Um, it's great being in it. It's great to hear that the the players and coaches appreciate it out there as well. Yeah, I don't think you can. I <laughs> don't think you can avoid it, really. <laughs> um, I mean, it was absolutely deafening up there last Saturday. Um, a friend of mine told me she could clearly hear it in Salt Hill, uh, which takes a bit of doing. But um, it is. We know it's a unique place, and there's obviously discussions again. The the endless discussions about. Uh, the new stadium or the new ground or whatever it's going to be but um, the sports ground is still a difficult place for any side to come in it's it's not really you know it used to be a lot about the weather that the wind blew and the rain blew and it's now I think more just about the it seems to add a bit for Connacht all, all home teams should be should be the strongest but there is an atmosphere there it's a very passionate crowd it does make a difference. Uh, Ulster did look a bit intimidated. No, they were mostly intimidated by Connacht. Um, but it does help when you have your your 16th person on side for you throughout the game. It certainly does. Um, so, 
we've got the big game on Monday. It is Monday, isn't it? The, the bank holiday. Um, and I see we've got Ben Whitehouse refing it, who's um, always been friendly towards Connacht. I think we've only lost one or two games with him refing, and we won both times he refed uh, another province against us. So hopefully that's a, a good luck charm, and we possibly need it because the bookies have us at 9-2 to two to win and a 14-point gap from for Leinster because I, I believe they're talking about Johnny Sexton and Sean O'Brien coming back. So it's going to be a tough one. Yeah, it is going to be a tough one. Colin have never won in the RDS, um, which is a record that needs fixing. Um, I think the most important thing for Connacht, well, obviously they want to win, and I want them to win. Yep. But we, they want to follow up the performance. That's the key issue here because they, you know, they they played well at home against Munster, then they dropped off again, then they played well obviously the two wins over Breve so they need to keep this going in terms of performance they need to keep playing the same type of rugby they need to keep their accuracy and they need to keep the belief in what they're doing uh, Leinster were impressive against Munster it was, it was a peculiar sort of game in that they just took their foot off the gas and that let Munster back in and Leinster had to then close it out but at one stage there, they were leading 27-5. There's very few sides lead 27-5 in Thoman Park. And they looked very, very good at that stage of the game. Didn't look that way all the way through. But they're a very difficult side to beat at home. Uh, it'll be a good atmosphere, big crowd. And Connacht need to, to show what they can do. And I think they will. I think they'll put in a huge performance. But Leinster... No, if we're as you say, we're hearing Johnny Sexton, Sean O'Brien, but their players coming back. I mean, somebody coming coming back from an injury or a knock, they don't. They obviously help the overall ethos of the team, but they have to come back up to speed. And look, they're, at the end of the day, it's easy for me to say, but they're just a guy in a jersey. So if you can knock them down as uh, as fast as they come at you, if you can knock them down uh, and compete for the ball, it's 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 all that way. And as We've seen in the past, Connacht have done okay-ish there, um, but they need to, if they have possession and they need opportunities, they need to strike. They need yeah, to convert yeah. That. They I need was, to convert that. Yeah, it was, it was a point I was going to make. That we, we've had a number of good starts in the RDS, but never scored enough points to you know consolidate that start, so hopefully we'll get that at the weekend. Okay, I think we'll... Um, I think we leave it there. Nice, relatively short one tonight from our point of view, um, but um, good interview from... Good work from Nigel, and looking forward to seeing how the the team get on at the weekend. So, great stuff. Thanks, William. Thanks, Alan.